Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. So let me hear the music, Colin. Take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome into this Tuesday, June 20th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Winnick, Colin McLaughlin, Dylan Bishop. Happy to have you with us for this West Virginia Day. How many years is it, Colin? 160. Exactly. 160 years of West Virginia. As uh, I think he thinks I wouldn't have known it. No, I, was, I couldn't know yeah, the, the number. Now. I knew it was 1863. I just didn't know the Math. Math part of it. That's why I was calling on you. Uh, but we ended the show yesterday. That's true. Guy. That's true. I won, math, I won math field day in middle school. Uh, but Once. yesterday at the very end of the Once. show, Nick talked about the Braves. So what did the Braves do, Nick? Yeah, well, Father's Day was on Sunday, and Charlie Culberson, who was a member of the Atlanta Braves, his dad was supposed to throw out the first pitch. Uh, because he was a minor league baseball player, and then they DFA'd Charlie Culberson on Father's Day, so his dad didn't get to throw out the first pitch, and they ruined the moment there, and they had some other person's dad throw out the first pitch, which I just thought was like kind of messed up. It is kind of messed up. The real question is, Dylan brought this up after the show. Yeah. Why are you asking a, a who's, guy, a who's fringe right guy, idea was this? A fringe guy. The, someone that's on the roster bubble. That you're going to have their dad throw out the first pitch. I'm presuming it was set up for a while. Probably. Culberson uh, grew up in Georgia. He grew up a Braves Couldn't they fan. just wait one day? I guess not. Well, then it still would have been kind of messed up, but it would have been a little bit better. It would have actually, he would have done it, though. Yeah, they would have still had their moment. It still would have looked bad. Yeah. You have the moment, and then you DFA him the next day. Probably have to wait at least a week. Yeah, which, or I mean, it's it the a business. Before. You can't really afford yeah. to do that. So, I mean, it's I understand, true. but it's just like... It's a cold world out there, cold world out there man. It's like that, Chris Paul finding is. out on a plane that he got traded. <laughs> that did happen, too. That actually did happen. Uh, we got more updates to the West Virginia basketball situation with Bob Huggins resigning. Last night there was a Zoom call that took place, Colin. Yeah, there was as uh, two former Mountaineers, both um, in the NBA right now, trying to just plead their case to the current players on the uh, roster for West Virginia to stay so hopefully they listen yeah you know, head coach of the Boston Celtics Joe Missoula and general manager of the Cleveland Cavaliers Mike Gansey from the you know back from the Kevin Pitznagel era Mountaineers so I mean it, that's really all you can do is you can plead with the players to say hey guys let's keep this team together you got you guys probably have something special here if you can get the right coach in uh, you guys just stay here and it, it'll be well worth your time so you can hope you can ask you can uh offer whatever you can offer that's you know permissible and just hope for the best but you never know what these players are going to decide to do yeah i still think that a lot of them may decide to leave because of the situation um but Spencer made that good point yesterday about a lot of these teams, their rosters are already kind of filled out. So what opportunities would be there for these guys 
And I don't really – I don't know. I mean, I'm not in the transfer that, floor. Yeah. I'm not a college basketball player. so They leave, they don't get the NIL money. Right. They don't get the one that they are currently receiving. But, I mean, they could get more money potentially somewhere else. And, you know, what offers run the table when they – decided to go to the WVU. So are they, are those offer, would those offers still be on the table? Some of them maybe. I mean, but probably most of them wouldn't because yeah. you probably went to the next guy. So, you know, I don't know how many of these guys will leave, but if one or two left, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think all of them will leave though, because like we said, you know, there's not that many opportunities to play somewhere else potentially. It, we probably put it like this is the number of guys who may want to leave and the number of guys that actually do leave will probably be two different numbers. All right. And and maybe they'll wait to see who becomes the next head coach. Because if it's a bigger name or at least a you know well-respected coach, uh, that guy could potentially keep those guys around. I mean, I don't know who would be really a good candidate for this job because it's kind of last minute. It's very similar to the Shepard situation in some ways. Obviously, Shepard lost its women's coach uh, due to completely different reasons, and Coach Eckleberry didn't have any off-the-court issues, but she left, and then they kind of had to scramble together their roster. I mean, the good thing is is this roster's intact right now, so whoever comes in is, uh, at least as of this moment, taking over a pretty talented roster. Uh, but, you know, what coach are you going to find at this point uh, that's going to be able to come in and, and help this team win. And I don't know who that would be. And my immediate thought would be somebody with connections to the university, but also they're trying to build for the long term with this hire. And I don't know if you can really do that. Yeah, at this point. Yeah, I, yeah I think you're the only build a for the long away term from the season. Is when you fire a guy at the end of March or before the end of March. Yeah. Building for the long term when you're kind of scrambling in June and you're only a few months away from the season. I don't know. Yeah. Ren Baker's in a tough spot right now. Cause not only does he have to look for a men's basketball coach in his first six months as the AD has to look for a women's basketball coach. You got your head football coach kind of in hot seat right now. So if he doesn't perform well and the team doesn't perform well this season, he's probably going to have to look for a new football coach after this season. And it's his first big job as an athletic director so those potentially being three big hires in your first year of the job could make and break his career could make and break yeah, his career absolutely i mean he definitely had success in north texas i don't know maybe he's got connections of somebody there that could come in and well take over this so i was game. talking with one of my buddies last night who's a basketball coach uh and we we're talking about this situation and and i mentioned the north texas basketball coach well he who he did pretty well the last few seasons. He actually just got hired by yeah, Texas Tech. Say, He's he, new he Texas Tech. Job, yeah. So to, the buyout there would be too much for West Virginia to even comprehend. Maybe uh, Southwest Missouri State, potentially. Yeah, I don't know. Their head coach? I don't know. In D2, he's won a, won a lot there. I mean, there's just there's not any clear candidates as of right now. Uh, but, you know, I think the number one option would be to name, at least for this season, name an interim and it be one of the assistants if you're you know there's not a lot you can do right now yeah but because I mean, that not guy a lot of, that you name as an interim is probably loyal to coach huggins so he may not feel comfortable taking that job presuming he's coached under him for a while as an yeah. assistant coach so you know that's another thing to consider 
it could be the opposite situation too, where he'd be right. kind of think of it as an honor to take over the mantle from Coach Huggins and be the same. But sort. the way he's taking over is right on a bad note. It's not like the Coach K situation where he retires on his own terms and John Shired comes in, or the situation at North Carolina where you know Randy Williams retires and uh, thinking Hubert Davis, Hubert Davis, yes, takes over. You know, it's already a guy that was waiting. In this case, it's kind of like uh, maybe they don't agree with yeah. Coach Huggins being let go. Well, yeah, I guess it's, I mean, so you it's can't really not agree with it, but I'm sure there are people out there that don't. I, don't, I think they'll prefer to you know find someone just to come in and be the permanent replacement, as they've said, or as at least it's been reported. Uh, John Beeline feels like the name that makes the most sense. Obviously, we don't know how much interest it's he has. The but the right now. But he just moved back to Morgantown. He said he has no interest in coaching. Being a coach, okay. he's like a, what's the word? Not a coach. What is he right now? He's a director of player personnel or yeah. something. A front office guy. Yeah. Probably not there all the time. I would presume. Yeah, well, if he has yeah. no interest, then it's just sort of like find the best guys available. Just search all around the the resumes of people that are interested in the smaller schools or – like you said, name an assistant as an interim and then try again next year, I which think that's they don't the safest bet. It probably is. I know it's not what they want to do, but it probably also has the highest chance of, you know, keeping the roster together this year while also giving you a better shot at getting the best candidate possible next year. I know they want to get the guy that'll be the best long term, but with how this has shook out where it's towards the end of June now and you're looking for a guy, the best long-term candidate may not be available now. That might be available that's next year. And that's point. kind of the best point that I wanted to go with was you have to, I feel like, because it's not only the safest option, but to go along with what you're telling the players right now is to stay together, right? That's the thing that we started off this segment with was you're having guys like Missoula, like Grazy, to tell them to stay together. So I feel like you have to have one of these assistant coaches, and we talked about it yesterday, who are getting ready to have new contracts coming because their contracts expire, I believe, in a few weeks. So if they don't stay, why would players stay if coaches aren't even staying after Huggins leaving? Yeah. You're telling players to stay, but now the head coach, unfortunately, is gone. And then assistant coaches don't stay because of that. Yeah. But yet the players are supposed to stay. Yeah. I feel like if you don't keep those assistant coaches, make one of them the head coach, that really hurts that argument to convince these players to stay. Because oftentimes the recruiting coordinators and recruiting specialists on the coaching staffs aren't the head coaches. A lot of times it's assistant coaches. So that can be a same. Well, if your favorite assistant coach leaves, then you're more likely to leave as well. All right, well, we will keep track of that as things go. If you have an idea for a coach to take over, whether it be interim, interimly or for the long haul, write us in the Facebook comments. That'll do it for this first segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford, Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg on 1400 Shepherdstown Road. They became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com. On their side of this break, we'll uh, have a little fun today, play a little game here as Starting to get in the dog days of summer, we'll uh, play a pretty fun game here after this two-minute break. You're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR Team 10 back in two minutes. To a place I belong, it may not be West Virginia. We're doing wild and wonderful. With 
four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states. Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords. Financing from 0%. Parsons' goal of financing for all. And Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. If you or someone you know suffers from the disease of addiction, help is available from the Berkeley County Quick Response Team with peer recovery coaches and support promptly to the homes of those who've recently experienced an overdose. This collective effort towards recovery brings resources and services to the community, including naloxone and treatment options. Call 304-267-1313 or visit the Berkeley County Recovery Resource Center at 800 Emmett Rouse Drive, Martinsburg. The Berkeley County Quick Response Team is funded through a DHHR grant with the Berkeley Morgan County Health Department. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Almost heaven, West Virginia, Blue Ridge Mountain, Shenandoah River. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Happy West Virginia Day, 620. Uh, June 20th is West Virginia Day. Colin's celebrating wearing his best Marshall colors underneath his polo. It's my relish shirt for Baltimore. But yeah. I don't know. It's green. Nobody can see it all. The state's green, though. Take it off. Take whoa, it whoa. off. <laughs> we are not that kind of show. Not yet. TV 10 at night. TV 10 after hours. After hours. That's for midnight. That's not for noon. Yeah. Um, let's uh, let's get into uh, this little fun game we're going to start playing here, potentially, if it goes well. So I've seen these games on YouTube. It seems like a pretty fun thing to do. We're in the dog, beginning, getting to the dog days of summer where uh, we got to keep everybody entertained. Yeah. Because we don't have a lot to just straight up talk about. So, uh, I've printed out three baseball references for three different players. Uh, right now, they're just players that have played for the Nats. Like, they've either played for the Nats or they've played for the O's. Uh, but later on, we can do things based upon, you know, World Series MVPs or, you know, three or four-time All-Stars, depending on, you know, where we want to go with this. Uh, but the first one here, I will hand it to you guys. It is a player... Unfortunately, he didn't get an all, or he was a one-time All-Star. I should say that one-time All-Star. He was 18th in MVP voting in 2014. His best season though was 2008. He is now retired. So he's now retired. It looks like he started his season as an Angel in 2006. Career. Or yeah, career in 2006. Best season was 2008. It was an Angel from 06 all the way until 2014. Then he moved across town. Then he became a Dodger, yep, for 2015-2016. Had stints in 2017 with Philadelphia and the Nationals. 
and finished his career in 2020 as a national. He had 75 RBIs in 2010. Uh, you get the positions that he played? So this is a batter, I assume. It looks like, yeah, it's a field. He played second, yes. third? Second and third. Okay. So this is Howie Kendrick. Or first and... Nick nailed it, didn't he? <laughs> I was about to say first That's a great Howie name. Kendrick, yeah. <laughs> what a pull by Nick Verzellini. First guess, Nick got it. Howie Kent, yeah. Howie Kendrick's most home runs he ever hit in a, in a season was 13. Okay. Once he gave me second base and Angel. That, that was the first. And then ended his career as a national. Did that yeah. give it to you? Yeah, that kind yeah. of gave it away. All right. The second one, this one's an Oriole. He is I'm a three pitcher. 3 0 so far. It was a, that same era of the Angels had a, a guy with a great name. Sean Figgins. All right. Well, this guy was on an Oriole roster. They may not have been very good, although he was pretty good. He, he had a 9-3 and three record. Uh, he did start. He only started 17 games for them. All right. All right. Didn't even pitch 100 innings. What year? 2019. But he played for a multitude of teams from 2010 to 2019. What team? Right, let's, let's, let's uh, I was about this. to say, I'll let somebody else read let's this off this, this one time around. around. All right. Dale, Starting in 2010, this was a... Pitcher for the Chicago Cubs went two and zero or two and six. Played two years with the Cubs. Then he played looks like four seasons with San Diego before moving on to in 2016, going from San Diego to Miami. Spent one year in 2017 with the Rangers, and then in Baltimore from 2018 to 2019, where he then went to the Red Sox. Is this uh, this is a starting pitcher? I don't know. I don't know who this is. It's a starter. I was thinking of. Well, it's a starter, but he can also play out of the bullpen. Interesting. So he's only so he was only with the Orioles. He was four and fifteen with the Orioles. Of course, the, this guy wasn't good with the Orioles, but he's good other parts of. Well, his in career. 2019, he went nine and three. Okay, nine and fifteen. And right, he got tra- I think he, over to the Knicks. I think he got traded in 2019. So he got traded to the Red Sox. Start the Cubs. And he hasn't. That was his final season. Sounds like Andrew Miller, a little bit, but no, there was and no Andrew Yankee Miller stint was in there. Good with the Orioles. There's no stint in there. Also, yeah. So, boy, hmm. you say bad starting pitcher with the Orioles. Uh, that There's too many really to narrow, think. Of. That doesn't really narrow it down. Yeah, because <laughs> these weren't the good years. I'm trying to remember the 2019 Orioles right now, and I'm not. It's tough because there's we no reason intentionally to re- decided to forget. There's about the no reason to. Re- there's no reason to remember the 2019 Orioles. Okay, yeah, let me think here. This was the so he's the Padres and the Cubs. I mean, you got your Padres pitchers of like. I mean, it's what Zach Greinke was with the Padres for a little bit, maybe. If this, yeah. but that, he wasn't with the Orioles. If this helps you, Padres. he was traded to the Red Sox for Elio Prado and Nolo Berth Romero. If that helps you, Eddie. oh buddy, I don't That's know if that helps. He was traded to the Red Sox. Okay, hold on. All right, so it started off early. I know who this Cubs. is, but I can't think of who it is right now. He was part of a trade to the Padres that involved Luis Castillo. Carter Caps, because they, they traded somebody to the Red Sox that was old, played for the Orioles, and they sucked with the Red Sox. But I can't remember his name right now. He was also involved in the trade for Anthony Rizzo, and I remember the Red Sox were a playoff team, and then he went there and he was terrible. It's something with an A. Andrew Kashner. Wow! Ooh. Ding 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 ding! Nick, Nick is, is two Nick's for two. Cool. Nick Andrew is on Kashner. fire today. Nick knows his mediocre baseball players. <laughs> All right, our third one, kind of a journeyman, I would oh, no. say. He had a lot of, he had 16 MLB seasons. Uh, he played for a multitude of teams, uh, including the Washington Nationals, 
He was there for the bad years and the start of the good years. And he started his career as a starting pitcher, but then he transitioned to the bullpen. All right, so you're what, what, You're what the one era are we working with? What's his first, first year? Under- right, he started the New York Yankees in 2007. Then he Ooh. went to the Nats through uh, 2010, or I'm sorry, through 2014, so a long-time national. Interesting. Uh, would get traded in 2014 to the Oakland A's. Oh, that. Mm. So he went from the and Nationals then, to the A's. This was a starter that was. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Guy? He signed with the A's, it looks like, in the offseason and then was traded to the New York Mets. Interesting. I'm thinking. Now, Gio then, Gonzalez kind of did the opposite where he was with the A's or, or Brewers a long time and then went to the Nationals. And he's played for pretty much everybody. He played for the Diamondbacks, the Yankees, the White Sox, the Astros, the. Blue Jays, the Cleveland Indians, the Minnesota Twins, the Arizona Diamondbacks, and then the Nationals Jesus. again. So he was with the Nationals last year, which I feel like is the easiest. Part when I think of, of this. When but I he think... only threw five innings for the Nats last year. So. Just put it this way: if you guys could remember last year, I was really hyped that he was going to come back. I do remember you mentioning something about that. I, it, when I think of guys really, like pitchers that have pitched pretty much everywhere, yeah, the first thing I come to laughed. is Octavio Dotel. But I, oh. that's a. Uh, I just gave it away. Right? Who? No. Yeah. It's, it's Spencer. We should remember it's, uh, this from Spencer. Doolittle. No? Sean no. Doolittle? No, there's nope. Sean Doolittle. No, Not Sean Doolittle. He did, that was too early for Sean Doolittle to play for the Nationals. This is like Tyler Clippard. <laughs> hey! Yeah. Tyler yeah, Clippard. That's a good call there, Dylan. That was, I'm, I'm impressed by that pool by me. How about that? <laughs> I'm impressed with that one. Yeah, because I, mean, I all those teams. I was I trying to think of a through. guy that could throw you off because he played for so many teams, and he did. He played. I had for, to just go back to my memory of like mid to late 2000s Nationals bullpen. How was he bullpen. so bad last year? Was Clippard was the setup guy? He's like 80 to uh, what's his name? Drew Storen. Drew Storen. He actually he actually was the closer for a bit, and then Drew Storen had like f- a good month, so then he got swapped. Yeah, and then Drew Storen blew that game in the 2012 NLDS. We said he pitched five innings last year, right? Yeah. We didn't mention that's four games. <laughs> four games, five innings. Yeah. That's bad. That's really Well, picture. he came back. So if you it's go bad. back to it, if you look at it, he had played uh, just, tw- what did he play, 25 innings the year before. So he was co- he was signed a minor league contract yeah. last year with the Nats, and he was coming back up. How many teams is this? Well, Nationals, he played for Yankees, the Yankees twice. A's, Mets, Diamondbacks, White Sox, Houston, Toronto, Cleveland, the Twins. What did so he do 10. for housing? <laughs> he definitely was renting. renting I hope. Yeah. I sure hope. He played for 10 teams. With How the most being eight years with Washington. I bet you it would be funny if like he bought a house in New York and immediately the next year, they're like, hey, buddy, you're sh- we're shipping it down to D.C., so what do we think of that game? It was it was, it was fun. Know, it went well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not All bad. right. Well, we will do it Ten again teams. sometime it's soon. Maybe we can also switch up hosts of it. Yeah, I like that idea. Where somebody comes up with three yeah. guys and then yeah, like I can pull. But the Tyler Clippard one, I was meant to be kind of harder. Yeah, and I think Howie Kendrick was the easiest because he was there for the World Series. Yeah, Kendrick was definitely the easiest. 
Andrew Kashner, I forgot he even existed. I'm I'm pulling names from like the 2007 Orioles. If you give me this, if you give me this job, I, I, I'm ready. Well, I think they'll both get it before I would get it. I don't know. I mean, Dylan was no seven O's goober. All right, well that will do it for this. Segment. I know my 2008 baseball players. That'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix. Brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store any longer. Captains, it's a designer betting. Get your Traeger grills at Orsini's at Orsini's.com or at 360 Hack Wilson Way. Go to Orsini's.com. We'll be back after this two-minute break. We'll talk a little basketball as well as Lionel Messi's going to join Inter-Miami with a set date. We'll talk about that on the other side of this break. Sit beside me, my only son. Have you been smoking? Uh, I can smell it. Hickory. I'm going to watch you smoke the whole pack. Shut now and save at Orsini's today. Have you been smoking? Uh, I can smell it. Hickory. I'm going to watch you smoke the whole pack. Shut now and save at Orsini's today. Whether it's a strain, sprain, or fracture, WVU Medicine Orthopedics and Sports Medicine in Charlestown and Spring Mills now offer same-day appointments. No referral is needed unless required by your insurance carrier. WVU Medicine Orthopedics and Sports Medicine offers the exceptional care you expect for the injuries you don't. For same-day appointments at WVU Medicine Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, call 304-725-BONE. The Classical Christian Academy at Bethel is helping create extraordinary futures. So we've seen improvements in, in our boys on the, as I said, arithmetic, reading and writing. I worked in the county, I worked in public school, and that's what I knew. Um, and I knew I wanted to be able to give her more, so I would recommend this to anyone. You know, our daughter has thrived here. Um, the, the family-like environment is exactly what she needed. The Classical Christian Academy at Bethel in Martinsburg, equipping children to lead lives of significant impact. Nats fans, the party is just getting started at Nats Park as the 2023 season is underway. They sit down the line, extra bases into the corner. Bring your Natitude and cheer on Joey, CJ, Josiah, and all your favorite Nats players this spring. See you later. While you enjoy a beautiful day at the ballpark with cold drinks, great food, and unbelievable giveaways. Visit Nats.com slash tickets and join the fun. The Palace Lounge in Martinsburg is the place to be. Join us every night to relax and enjoy football or basketball games featuring either the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Shepherd University Rams, or West Virginia Mountaineers. We will have steak night every Wednesday, trip nights every Thursday, and now taco and margarita nights every Tuesday. You can find us on Facebook or call 304-267-7520. The Palace Lounge is located at 1350 Edwin Miller Boulevard in Martinsburg. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. But for you, I guess you moved on really easily. You found a new girl and it only took a couple weeks. Remember when you said that you wanted to give me the world? Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, Colin, and Dylan, happy to have you with us here. We'll talk some MLB basketball. Uh, before we get into it, we'll talk a little bit more about this Wizards trade. It uh, keeps kind of 
adding stuff onto it, and the Wizards keep getting more fleeced. Yeah, I mean, kind of. They're giving up, what, Goodwin and uh, Isaiah Todd? Yeah. I mean, those guys aren't going to contribute for the Phoenix Suns, so I don't really know why they... Well, they might need them, too. <laughs> they need players, I guess, yeah. Um, but I don't think that really matters too much. I think it was more so Phoenix just wanted to maybe have a few cheap guys that they could either swing or or use on their NBA roster to just fill out the roster. So um, I don't think it really changes that trade too much because I don't think those guys had any value. Something that does kind of change this trade is if the Wizards can't find a trade partner for Chris Paul, they have no sense of urgency to buy him out. That's According to Woj. That's interesting. Well, yeah. they're definitely going to say that so that they actually get something in a trade. Because if they sit here and say, well, yeah, if we don't get anything for him, we're just going to cut him, and then you can sign him without giving us anything, then yeah, <laughs> the, that's going to get rid of their leverage. So they kind of have to come out and put the report out yeah, that we're fine with keeping him, which maybe they are. I mean, if you can't get anything useful for him, you might as well keep him around. But chances are that they'll try to split that contract up a different way. But eh, who knows? I mean, it's a veteran presence. They could keep him around on the team. I'm sure Chris Paul wants to go somewhere where he can actually win in his last couple of years. Well, I think if they keep Chris Paul, and then let's just presume they keep Porzingis, then they're going to win at least 35 games and continue to be the team that they've been the last few years. So, I, I mean, I'm willing to trade Chris Paul for pretty much anything. Uh, if they have to cut him, I don't really have a problem with it either because I don't think a team's going to give you too much for a 30 yard anyway. So uh, that may be accurate. I mean, I, that makes a lot of sense what you said, Dylan. You know, they obviously aren't going to come out and say, oh, we don't really want Chris Paul on the team uh, because then nobody's going to offer them anything. But, um, you know, I think it just doesn't make any sense to have Chris Paul suit up for this team because – even at this point in his career, I think him and if, if presuming you know they're healthy, him and Porzingis can win some games in the league. Probably not a lot, but win enough to make you too good to get the number one pick, which is my goal with this team because I don't see any reason for this team to try to do anything but that because the only way they're going to get better is by getting younger and getting good quality draft picks. You mean you don't want them to get the eighth pick again? No, I really don't. <laughs> and again? And again? And again? I'm kind of tired of the eighth pick. They just always have the eighth pick. It just seems like they always have exactly the eighth pick. Mm -hmm. And whoever they take ends up not being good, and then the guys that get drafted after them get, end up being pretty solid. So yeah. it's like, why can't they find somebody good with the eighth pick? It's like how the Pistons always have exactly the fifth pick. Yeah. It's true. They never get the number one pick. They got it one time, Cade Cunningham, and then, well... He's been injured. So, like all right. The number two pick when they were good. Somebody that we didn't talk about on yesterday's show, Lou Williams, oh. announced his retirement as a big uh, uh, three time sixth man of the year coming off of the bench for the course of his 17 year career. Uh, the 36 year old announcing his retirement from the NBA. Yeah, I always found it interesting the, how well, how Lou Williams would say that he really liked coming off the bench because. He could kind of see what the, how the flow of the game was starting out, you know, in the first couple minutes before he would come in and then get his shots up. And he was one of the best six-man guys ever 
in the NBA history. I think he's the only three-time winner of the Sixth Man of the Year award. So, Who's the best sixth man? Is it Lou Williams, Manu, or Jamal Crawford? Oh, it's probably Manu. Yeah, Manu's the best player yeah. out of those three, but Lou does have the awards. Yeah. Nick, do you know the only player to win MVP and Sixth Man of the Year? Or actually, there's two of them now. There was one recently. The only player? One was very recently, MVP, and won Sixth Man of the Year first. The other one Jamal won Crawford? MVP. The other <laughs> one won MVP. won MVP. The other one was back in the like, 70s and 80s, won MVP first, and then Sixth Man of the Year. Bill Walton. That's Bill Walton. The recent one, though. That helped me out a little bit. The recent one, Sixth Man of the Year, and then won an MVP. Giannis? Nah, he never wants This is James game. Harden. Ah, yes. Mm. Ah. That's pretty obvious, actually, now that I think about it. Yep. So, uh, we didn't have it in the rundown because it's uh, it just happened. You know, the report came out just a couple minutes before our show. But there's the word is that the Portland Trailblazers are trying to put together a package to trade for Bam out of bio from the Miami Heat, which I think it's a, it's a desperate attempt for them to try to keep Damian Lillard. And, and you know, they... Lillard wants them to trade the third pick. He would prefer them to at least try to get you know an all star level player instead of you know picking Scoot Henderson or Brandon Williams or Brandon Miller. But there's no chance the Heat are going to trade Bam Adebayo to to the Trailblazers, right? Unless they were getting Damian Lillard back. Yeah, I don't think so. Right? I mean, Bam is still young, so I think there's still a chance he gets a little bit better. On the offensive end, he's already a good defensive player, good rebounder, uh, can pass. You know, he's not Jokic, but he can pass pretty well for a big man. Um, so I don't really see that happening. I mean, you would get what? The third pick, Anthony Simons. And, yeah, Anthony, uh, Anthony Simons and probably Shaden Sharp that they picked yeah, seventh I mean, last year. That doesn't really excite me too much. Uh, that might excite some team with like a superstar player that – actually wants to leave the team but if the not. wizards were getting that for bradley beal i'd be pretty happy with it but for bam i mean he's a big man so what are you really going to do with those guards because you already have a ton of guards in miami you got butler you got robinson you got lowry vase vincent i mean you don't need another two tyler guards. hero too yeah tyler hero so it's like you're going to get smaller and then lose a, a good young player that's probably your second best player and is an all-star uh, that wouldn't really make sense. So unless Lillard is coming back, I don't see any way Miami would be interested in that sort of package. But because yeah. you just made the finals, so really you just need to add pieces, not get rid of pieces. Right. Yeah. The Heat seem to be betting on the fact that they think Damian Lillard will ask for a trade this summer. Which good luck with that, buddy. We've all been thinking that for like five years. Yeah, I mean, really though, what is their choice? Because Beal didn't go there, so. There's not a whole lot out there. I mean, yeah, I, do, I think it's probably fine for them to have sat out on Beal and wait, like use their whatever assets they have to wait for someone else, whether it's Lillard or the you know the next guy who comes out and you know all star player that doesn't want to stay with his team. Yeah, speaking of a Sign future Kyrie. NBA player, uh, Wemby lands in the U.S. ahead of the draft on Thursday. Do you believe the hype, the hype train for Wemby? Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of got to, right? I turned I mean, on Dylan's camera when I was talking. <laughs> uh, but, um, I mean, seven foot five, you know, the only thing that concerns me and, and why I may be a little bit hesitant 
toward Wembeyama is his size uh, with the weight the fact that we just saw a similar player in terms of his build and Chet Holmgren uh, come into the league and get injured in the summer league and then uh, not really play if he played at all this year so um, that's concerning with Victor but when you look at the, the size and, and the, what he projects to be uh, he should be a great player but I mean, there's nothing really guaranteed. And these number one picks as of late have had issues either staying healthy or just staying on the court. I mean, Zion looked like a pretty sure thing, but he's had all sorts of issues. Uh, of course, he's had, you know, his weight issue, and now he's having other issues. What are you laughing about, Colin? <laughs> Zion's uh, issues. Yeah. A lot of issues. It he's seems got like. a lot of issues. If you don't know him, go on social media, and you'll find out real quick. Well, I think everybody does. Why don't you alert the public? Nope. So here's here's the thing, Nick. I I understand the the comparison to Chet Holmgren and the the concerns because he is a very like you know tall and kind of slender build. Chet Holmgren was 194 pounds coming out of college, coming out of Gonzaga. Now a year or two ago, Victor Wembanyama was listed as 209 pounds, but he he has a like support system around his family is his family that has been very like cognizant of these sort of things he's up to being listed as seven foot five and 227 pounds almost 230 pounds so i think at that point it starts to you know be a little bit less of a concern once you start getting to like 230 pounds plus because you know Giannis is about 250 seven five is 230 a good weight i don't know I mean, there there would come a point where he's probably too much weight for him to have right, one. Yeah, if you true. want him to be the kind of player that he projects to be, which is a guy that can kind of handle the ball a little bit out on the you know uh, out on the wing at the top of the key, but mostly be you know a rim protector kind of guy. I absolutely believe the hype with this guy because just watching his highlights and what he's projected as, and you know he's not going to be this sort of like Kevin Durant dribbler shooter scorer kind of guy but he has a jump shot that he can make three pointers he's quick enough to where he can you know not be a liability out in the perimeter the way that rudy gobert is but he has that rudy gobert type of size and rim protection ability and he's just so big and athletic that he can score a lot of points too to go along with that jump shot that is pretty good i see no reason why he if 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 he show what he has shown through like the Euro League and whatnot, he'll win an MVP, at least one. And I would be surprised if he didn't. He's going to a great situation in San Antonio. I mean, Popovich may be past his prime in coaching, but still an elite coach and uh, a good guy to help bring you into the league. I mean, to my knowledge, he doesn't have a big injury history, so I don't think that's necessarily no, no. as big of a concern as people have made it. But you do look at the frame and, and the physicality of the NBA season, and maybe that could be something that occurs with his career. But um, I'm certainly rooting for him. I think he's you know got a lot of talent and uh, seems to be the next big thing. I just don't know because it seems like every year we're we're talking about these number one picks in the NBA and. Every year, it's this is the best prospect since LeBron James. Not everybody can be the best prospect since LeBron James. LeBron Bingo. James is the greatest player of all time, potentially. Not one of the. He said potentially. I mean, I'm starting to lean toward him being it because of his longevity and the yeah. fact that he's the all-time leading scorer. I, I've, I feel like you got to kind of put him in that case. But uh, that's a different debate. 
You know, Ben Simmons was supposed to be a game-changing player that was compared to LeBron. Uh, Victor's not getting p- compared to LeBron in terms of his style of play, but... He's getting compared to, like, He's getting the Giannis. hype. He's getting the hype that LeBron got. And I think, well, to an extent. He's not an American player, so that helps him a little bit. People that aren't sports nerds aren't really familiar with this guy, I don't think. I think Anthony yeah. Davis is the closest thing in between LeBron and now to sort of have that kind of hype. And he's, for the most part, lived up to it and hasn't won an MVP. I mean, Zion had a ton of hype. Zion, yeah, that's true. Maybe Zion Williamson. Yeah, he's had his injury issues. Uh, but I think Wembenyama is like on just on a different level from those guys. Your Ben Simmons and you know Jason Tatum and Zion's and all those kind of guys that legitimately I think it's not even close that he's the best prospect since LeBron James. We'll see. I just don't know if he's going to stay healthy. I mean, I I was looking because you said what two hundred thirty pounds now, still seven foot five. I wanted to look up Yao Ming because he's same height, seven five, seven six. He was in the three hundred pounds, and he still had injury issues that kind of cut his career short. So, is it just being that tall is what leads to the injuries, or we can look? Is he going to be fine? It's hard to say. We don't really know. Uh, Nikola Jokic is about seven foot one, two hundred. Right. You haven't seen anything pounds him. or whatever him. He's very durable. So, and, but a lot of that is you know his style of play. He doesn't really come off the ground. He doesn't really need to to get rebounds, and he just stays up top. Does a lot of passing and uh, shooting three pointers as well. So he doesn't take. He's not like Joel Embiid who is hitting the floor, diving on the floor thirty times a game. Right. But so. Wembenyama's it, it that's some of those things that we won't really know until we see you him can't play predict the NBA. injuries really yeah I yeah. mean you can look at a guy's injury history and say well this guy's not durable but if a guy doesn't have an injury history you can't just say well because he's built this way he's going to get hurt I mean there certainly is a history of those kind of guys getting hurt but I don't know if you can necessarily predict it and if you could then nobody would draft these tall guys that Get hurt. It's just one of those things where you run to the podium with the card, say we're picking him, and then you hope for the best. Apparently, West Virginia don't play him in the summer league. Is closing in yep. on hiring a new coach. Ooh, already. According to Collins Lee's favorites, oh, Twitter. Man. Well, who do they do? Did they have a name, or they just say they're close to hiring a coach? Uh, they reportedly conducted interviews via Zoom yesterday with qualified candidates, and the decision on who will become the next head coach will be will come quote soon, according to a source. Uh, Ren Baker spoke to Gerard Calhoun, the current coach of Youngstown, Andy, the coach at UAB, that via Zoom. Both interviews went yeah. well, uh, so one of those guys could be taking over. I mean, that according to how the voice soon of Morgan is soon, Town. though, right? Exactly. How soon is your, soon? Yeah, is your coaching search only going to take a week? That seems pretty. But they got to make it somewhat soon, right? Because yeah, yeah that's not true. That much time. Yeah. So, all right. Speaking of time, we are running out of said time on today's show, so that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll wrap things up. On this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10.
This is Eric at Hagerstown Ford. Over the last decade, the way we buy things have evolved. Now, you get on your phone, click Want It, and it shows up at your front door. At Hagerstown Ford, it is that convenient. We've changed the car buying experience on the I-81 corridor forever. And with a return policy better than Walmart, there's absolutely no reason to buy a newer used car, truck, or SUV anywhere else. Just like Amazon, Hagerstown Ford will deliver the vehicle to you, where you are and on your time. And if you don't want it, return it, no questions asked. Why waste your time at a car dealership playing the dumb back and forth games? Besides, we hate it more than you do. I assure you, no dealership from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C. will beat our price. No dealership from Chambersburg, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland will beat our price. And no other dealership will allow you to return it if you don't want it. Hagerstown Ford absolutely provides the best experience at the best price. Visit HagerstownFord.com to schedule your VIP experience. Click on the vehicle you want and get your new ride delivered to you at no risk. See dealer for details. Do you need a place to go for a quick tobacco, soda, snacks, cigarettes, or beer run? Well, then you're in luck because Enter and Exit has convenience without the cost. Enter and Exit right off Route 11 is located at 31 Meadow Lane in Martinsburg and soon to be opening in Chambersburg, PA. Enter and Exit is open Monday through Saturday from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. and Sundays from 9.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. For great convenience without the cost, stop on into Enter and Exit today. At the Berkeley County Health Department, our motto is prevent, promote, protect. Since 1935, our mission has been to provide clinical and environmental services to protect the health of the general public. We're committed to building public health in our community by offering a wide range of services, including blood pressure screening, breast and cervical screening, family planning, counseling, lab testing, and more. We perform health inspections to make sure the restaurants you visit are clean, and we prepare and coordinate plans to respond to all hazards. The Berkeley County Health Department, 122 Waverly Court, Martinsburg. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV10, brought to you in part by the Marius Group of the Mayor Prize Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Stop by 1270 Winchester Avenue. Or call 304-263-4343. Spencer, Nick, Colin, and Dylan, happy to have you with us for this final six minutes of the show today. We'll talk a little baseball. Uh, a well-known player uh, for the Reds makes his return last night, Joey Votto, and he homered. Pretty big for him. He has three RBIs as the Reds, the Red Hot Reds, heating up. Yeah, they're now first in the Central on a nine-game win streak, so kind of perfect time to have your veteran come back, I guess, and keep things entertaining in Cincinnati, even though the Central is still very bad. I didn't know Joey Votto was still playing. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a home run call from the game last night. That via Bally Sports. Somehow they're still kicking. We can t- we can take a whole show and talk about that this summer. Uh, but uh, the Reds, the Reds are now not kind of the most hated team in the world. Not not like that, but I mean like laughing stock. Yes, that's what I mean. Like uh, like a lot of Reds fans there, and now they finally have something to be proud of. 
Right, it's a lot better than when they threw a no-hitter last year and still lost. <laughs> it's true. Pretty incredible stuff. I there. forgot about that. Oh, I yeah. will never forget about that. One of the most impressive games I've ever... I've just impressive feats of in, incompetence I've ever I've ever seen. How about uh, Pirates' Henry Davis? He doubled in his first career at bat. Pirates got something going there. They get Cruz O'Neill back and uh, eventually... and. Is the NL Central the... I mean, it's competitive. It's just you only got two teams over 500, but they're all still in it. That's how it always seems to be. Yeah. At least when you know the Pirates and Reds have been decent. If they're decent, then the whole division's like 500. Yeah, the Reds in first are 38 and 35. You know who else is 38 and 35? The Pirates. The Boston Red Sox, who are in last in the AL East. I hate the AL East so Why much. Why does this always come back to the AL East? It's just so funny how good the AL East is. I hate and it. And yet, at 38 and 35, they're in last. They'd be first or tied for first in the NL Central. First in the AL Central. They'd be third in the NL East. The NL East go is to, a good division, too. Can we, can we go to, like, the NBA-style playoffs no, no. for the major leagues? Just no. for this year, for when no. the Orioles are this good? The, you know. the Orioles are going to make the playoffs exactly. as a wild card team as of right now. So, And it'd be only one year for the Orioles. The rest of the time, it'd probably be they'd miss or in a play-in situation if it was the NBA setup. Yeah, but then oh, that's yeah. when we switch back and we just keep doing whatever is most convenient to the Orioles. That's not how it works. I, I, hate to, I regret to inform you that's not how life works. Well, Dylan. if I were commissioner of baseball, that's how I would run it. And you'd run it with uh, blinders on the side just looking at the the Baltimore Orioles? That's right. <laughs> you still probably mind. wouldn't win the World Series. But yeah. um, what I was going to say was uh, I like that the divisions matter. And actually know who's in the divisions because i can't tell you who's in what division in the nba that is true true. true. i can tell you but it's only because i played so much of the that game purtle that i got them memorized yeah i don't know i could guess but you don't know who's in the northwest division there's the trailblazers the minnesota timberwolves yeah it's the only it's the only division in the nba that has teams across three time zones the nuggets the Nuggets, the Thunder. The Thunder because the Sonics were in it, I'm guessing. Yeah. Wow. So just kept them in there. Crazy. All right, the O's, they begin a three-game set this after or this evening, correct, with the Rays? Two-game set. Two-game set. Yeah. That's two? odd. The Rays? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're playing two games against the Rays. That's weird. Yes. That is very weird. The Nationals, they fell last night to the Cardinals, 8-6, to six, as the Cardinals rallied with back-to-back home runs from Donovan and Goldschmidt. Uh, the Nats were winning. They were playing solid ball, and then all of a sudden, I kept getting notifications that uh, the uh, Cardinals were hitting home runs or they were scoring. Jake Flaherty uh, pitched pretty well. Josiah, well, he did take the loss last night. He still got a 3.64 ERA, but the Nats back in action tonight. 7.05 first pitch. It'll be a 6.35 pregame coverage from the Nationals Radio Network with... Mackenzie Gore on the mound against Montgomery. That should be a good game with these guys have pretty good ERAs on the season, both under four with the ERA. Uh, so that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. We'll be back tomorrow, uh, 12-20. We'll talk about some Legion baseball action because we'll have Legion baseball action tomorrow night, 12, or 12 o'clock, 12-20. We'll be joined by uh, former 
Hedgesville Eagle baseball player now transferring to West Virginia, Kyle West, on the phone as he had his official visit today. We'll interview him tomorrow, but that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. For Dylan Bishop, Colin McLaughlin, Nick Verzellini, I'm Spencer Boyce saying so long. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. WRNR Martinsburg.